Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mary B. Welcome to the The Happiest Happiest Girls Podcast. Episodes will drop every Monday morning, and each week we'll be tackling a new topic, chatting about motherhood, singlehood, health, wellness, and everything in between. Tune in each week as we discuss what it means to be the happiest girl. Hey, Kate. Hi, Mary B. How's it going? It's going great. We're coming to you live on Sunday night, here to report... About our fun, exciting weekend. In New York City. New York. Even though we recorded today's, the meat of today's pod in Kansas City. This is what I am calling our parent series. Yes. Um, we only have two parents and we yes. uh, recorded with both of them this last weekend or over Easter. And so this one coming up is our mom. Look at my eyes right now. <laughs> yeah, it's just if anyone was wondering. I was going to tell you, but I like glimpsed myself in the mirror. I have raccoon eyes so bad from rubbing my eyes just now. Yeah. It's I mean, giving opposite of a smoky eye. It It's giving, um, it's giving you that. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the Adams family. It's giving Adams family. It's giving. If the Adams family got a spray tan. <laughs> but it's okay. You're always beautiful to Thank me. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Um, how was your weekend? So I've been spending a lot of time outside, um, on the West Side Highway, having a picnic with friends last week and walked to the park today. It's just gorgeous. All the flowers are in bloom. I also did a quick 24 hour trip to South Bend. So I I left the city really quick to run, um, a 10 K that was with my, our brother. He did the full half marathon. I just did the 10K. I have done the half marathon a few times before, but it just felt like I only wanted to do 10 this 10K this time, and that's okay. So, um, and I met, or I I didn't meet, but I talked to a few people I knew from school and chatted about the pod. So if they're listening right now, shout out to you, uh, Zanny. Um, I hope you're listening. Thanks for being a patron. (laughs) Yes. uh, Welcome to the Happiest Girls family. Um, What else did I? So then I literally like did a 24-hour trip, saw our cousin Elena as well. And um, unfortunately, that meant on Friday, I had to get up for a 6 a.m. flight, which are the actual worst flights ever. They like ruin days of sleep. Like I think I'm still recovering, but unfortunately, I am, you know, not flush with cash so the 6 a.m's are the cheapest um so took that and then i took another flight the next day but the run was great the weather was beautiful we got pancakes afterwards as is our right as runners and it was wonderful and then last night i got so i got home from that and then i went to a charity gala for girls inc shout out to girls inc they have all sorts of educational opportunities for women and girls uh, to help them be successful in all aspects of life. So was able to donate. I won a silent auction Ooh, item. I won a $75 gift card to Baked by Melissa, which I am so excited about. Anywho, I'm trying to think if I did anything else. I was supposed to go on a helicopter ride tour of Manhattan this morning, which, you know is risky but really cool and was also for like a a friend of mine won it on a silent auction i was really excited for it but the visibility was low yeah i was a little nervous when you said you were going to do that today yeah um it's definitely for the best disappointing but my morning ended up being open so i was able to do a full closet clean out which i've been meaning to do for months but it feels life-changing yeah like i look now and I have everything that I actually wear and I was able to fill up three trash bags full of clothes to donate and I'm moving pretty soon so that was just a wonderful experience. So shout out to the weather because if it hadn't been canceled I wouldn't have gotten to getting around to do this. Not you, none of this would be possible. Yep, so just, you know, shout out to the gram, shout out to the weather, mother nature for giving me that gift. And now I'm here, Sunday night. I mean, right. what else is there, Kate? Yeah, that's pretty much it. So, I don't know. What did I do this weekend? Friday, I worked. I had a shift, which was great. Saturday, I hung out. I saw Mary B and her roommate for a little pregame before... Yeah, 
plied us with a little bit of a tequila mixed with Celsius. Celsius. <laughs> like a vodka Red Bull, my take on one. The classy ladies vodka Red Bull. Yeah. So that was that. And then today I was in New Jersey for my friend's bridal shower, which was just so stunning and beautiful. Her mom did a really amazing job putting it together. And I was like, wow, mom goals. This is the kind of mom I'm going to be just doing these kinds of things. But you know what? Like those type of people who can just put so much time and energy and thought and detail into things like they don't get headaches, you know, like they do you live with a headache? No. I just can't imagine what it would be like to live a day without a headache. Like, I would cry with relief. And I know I need to, like, I just thought this is how everybody lived. And Spencer was like, no. So I really need to go see a doctor about that. A lot of people gave me a lot of really amazing recommendations. I'm going to go to acupuncture on Thursday. I need to just book with, like, a headache doctor and go from there. Because I think it would literally change my life. Yeah, for if sure. If I didn't did not have a live headache. this way. No. Well, it makes me wonder, I think... I remember I thought you had a, an allergy to gluten and that gave you headaches, but you just, I always thought you just ate it anyway because you liked it more. Yeah. And like, I really don't eat that much gluten to that. I think it would be that, but I don't know. I'm, I'm going to just see how it goes. My OB said acupuncture. A lot of you guys mm. suggest acupuncture. Yes. So we'll just see how it goes. I think it is definitely maybe hormonal stuff too. So we shall see, but I don't know. I have nothing else to add. Wow. I mean, Succession is on tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you've been watching, but I also the Love is Blind reunion is on tonight. Mm-hmm. I just like can't even believe spoiler alert. I just can't even believe that three out of the four couples are married. That's shocking, and that is a spoiler alert. Oh, you hadn't seen it? It's okay. I probably wasn't going to watch oh, it anyway. Oh, no, but I won't tell you what three. Oh. I won't tell you what three, so it won't spoil you that but it's, yeah, if shocking. If Kwame and Chelsea get married, I just don't even know what I'm going to do. The only healthy relationship is Brett and Tiffany. Tiffany. I love them. Well, I'm not going to reveal. Stan. I won't say anything else. Spencer and I have been watching Jury Duty, which is hilarious if you guys just need like an easy show to put on. It's on Amazon Prime. It's basically a documentary of the American judicial system, but everybody is an actor except for one guy. So it's it's funny. It's good. Good, yeah. good entertainment if you're looking for something light. I need to watch this, um, but it'll have to wait until I'm done getting my way through Vanderpump Rules. Mm. Update, I'm now on season seven, so I'm I'm trucking through, but I'm staying up to date with the current tea. Yeah. I just, like, can't with Raquel, like... She just gets worse and worse and worse as time goes on, but, especially this most recent episode. She was just like, ugh. I'm just jaded, so though, icky. because I know about the affair. Yeah. Like, if I didn't know about the affair, I think I would not be so frustrated with her. But just because I know what she's capable of, I just have zero sympathy for her at all times. Yeah, you really watch through a different lens if you started watching post-affair drama. Because you really can see the character development of Tom Sandoval. And yeah. how he's just a narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would definitely say narcissist. It's just, it's it's sad to think about watching what's happening now and knowing what's going to be happening. But you know what? Shout out to Jackson and Brittany because they seem to be the only people that's made it work. Yes. Obviously, Stassi and Bo. We never oh, really, duh. We never really doubted okay. them, though. But Bo just came in the picture. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, I love Bo, too. Stassi but, had a problematic moment, but... um, I love the character development. So... Anywho, well, that is our update for the week. Without further ado, here is our mom chatting about her experience being a stay-at-home mom and any advice that she has for us current stay-at-home moms or who are thinking of entering into that or are not sure what, you know, it fully entails. Thank you so much again to mom for being on, and we hope you enjoy this episode. The present us will be back at the end to do baboos. All right. Enjoy. Hi, Mom. Hi, Kate. Hey, Mom. Hi, Mary B. All right. Very special guest on the pod. The woman who birthed us. So she's clearly capable of greatness. Yep. If you can guess yet, it's our mom. (laughs) Yay. 
Hi. Welcome, Mom. How do you feel being on the pod? I feel great. I'm so proud of you girls for doing this. Oh, thanks. Oh, she's a loyal listener. She is so. a loyal listener. Okay, so first, I guess, just tell us about yourself, your history, your life, your life story. Oh, wow. How much time do you have? <laughs> well, as long as you need. Approximately an hour, but yeah. <laughs> as long as you need. <laughs> well, I am the mother of four amazing kids, and yes, I stand behind my products. They uh, have brought me great joy, and I was a full-time mom from almost the beginning. But before that, I was a CPA. And I gra- I graduated with an accounting degree from. from Notre Dame, and then I stayed for a fifth year to get an MBA so that I could sit for the CPA exam. Double dumber. Double dumber. Indeed. And you were married, right, when you went to grad school? No, I got married after grad school. Oh. And then I worked in public accounting long enough to get my license. And right after that, the surprise of my life was your brother, Tommy. That was very unplanned. So there was a big change that <laughs> but happened. But you were married and in a healthy relationship. So you got yes. that going for you at least. Yes. yes, but it was definitely not planned. In fact, I had matched with the PhD program. And so I had to do a big change. But you know what? Life is... A marathon of, you know, you just have to love and enjoy every chapter the best you can. Yes. So true. Very well said. So true. So what made you want to become a stay-at-home mom? And did you always think that you were going to be a stay-at-home mom? No. I never thought I would be a stay-at-home mom. In fact, I brought my files, my work files, to the hospital and went through them while I was in labor called people, left messages, actually work, played the messages. The next day they thought it was so funny that I was leaving messages for people when I was in labor. I had no intention of ever staying home. Uh, I loved my job, and um, we needed the money, frankly. So I, I was probably the most surprised of anyone that I, when I decided to stay home. I was not the kid that ever babysat. I mowed lawns to make money instead of babysitting. I was not... Not into babies. Not into kids even, I'm <laughs> sorry to say. There's nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, I think sure. that's normal. Mm-hmm. So, but, and you know, I did kind of ease into the full-time mom thing because I went back to work and worked full-time for a while, and I hated it. I hated leaving your brother. And I, I worked so hard and for such long hours that I never saw him awake. And I did not like that. Like every fiber of my being told me that that was not for me. Mm. And, and you would have to feed him in the middle of the night too. So you're probably really tired. I was. And you know, back then there were no special places to, to pump and express milk. Mm-hmm. I couldn't afford, I had a handheld pump because that's all we could afford. I sat on a toilet seat. The patriarchy change because my office in New York City, I've noticed there's a, what they call a mother's room. Yeah, that place. would have been yeah, nice so to have. In, yeah. But, um, you know, even I think if I had had those conveniences, I just, I was working so many hours. That was part of the problem. Public accounting at that time was different than it is now. And I just never got to see Tommy awake. I did not like that. It just didn't seem right to me. And so I went from working full-time to teaching as an adjunct instructor at a university here in Kansas City. And I did that for 10 years while I had all four of you. How did you do that without having any Because you didn't have any of your own side, I guess. You had dad's side of the family, but not your own side of the family. So how did you feel with that? So that was different back then, too. There was not as much child care. It was not as easy to find child care. Not as many women worked back then. Mm. So, But I had a friend that worked part-time from her house, and she had found a nanny, and we shared that nanny. And then I had another friend that had five kids. She didn't work, but she just needed a nanny because she had five kids, and her husband was a surgeon and never around. So after the first nanny graduated from medical school, I then got shared with the other friend for another nanny. So that, I mean, I just, and then I shared with Joni next door. So 
I would share nannies with other people because I was an adjunct. I was not teaching full-time, so I didn't need a nanny all the time. Mm-hmm. But that's how I did Even that. With four kids. I feel like you did. You should have a nanny full-time with four kids. That's crazy. Yeah, live in nanny. You know what? I will say that I look back now at that young woman that was living in Kansas City with no family of her own. I was so young. I did not know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I look back at her with such compassion because I was just trying to get through the day yeah, a yeah. lot of times. But the lucky thing was I had some amazing friends. And back then, a lot of women did stay home. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of well-educated friends that we were kind of all in it together. Yeah, we talk about that a lot on the pod, the importance of having female, solid yeah. female friendships and how... It's impossible to survive marriage, I think, without female friendships and motherhood without mom friends that you can sympathize with and bounce ideas off of each other and just have each other because it can sometimes be lonely. I don't know if you ever felt that. Being a stay-at-home mom, it can be lonely, especially because we know dad was working a lot. And so to have another adult to talk to is important, I think. Yes, and I do want to also say that I did stay home, but you know your aunts. My sisters did not stay home. So I don't want anyone to think that I am judging anyone or the decisions that they made. Everybody needs to do what is best for them, and I fully support whatever anyone decides is best for them and for their family. Yes, and we've talked about this too, about how... Like one of my closest mom friends, she works full time. She has a nanny full time and we're so different. I primarily stay at home 90% of the time, but it doesn't matter. Everyone and that's what works best for her. And that's what makes her a good mom. Working full time is what makes her feel like she can be a better mom. And that's the most important, important thing. And when I think about like the feminist movement, in my mind, it's not all women should go to work. All women should go to work. It should be, you you should be able to do whatever you want. And that's the entire point without judgment that I think is my feminist movement. That's my, my really, (laughs) really, we need society to get there. That would be really great. So anything else you want to add before we get into our listener questions Mm -hmm. about your life? Oh, I think we're, I'm ready to go. All right. right. Well, our first question that we got submitted for you is, was it challenging to find fulfillment as a stay-at-home mom? I, I don't remember it being challenging to find fulfillment. I think maybe because I eased into being a stay-at-home mom and the way I already, have already described, that I knew with absolute clarity that I wanted to be home. Yeah, you were mm-hmm. fulfilled by mm-hmm. raising us. So I did not... Um, I don't remember feeling that way, but um, I also, again, I really loved being a mom and just the way you were little sponges and watching how you learned. And I found it all really fascinating. And again, no one was more surprised by that than me. But what about after we all left the house? Did you have a crisis? Or even just going, just having Mary B. Okay, so when you all went to school, that's when I stopped teaching. Grade school. Grade school. Well, when Mary B was four, so you had started Montessori school. That's when I stopped teaching because your dad was making enough money and he was traveling a lot and things were getting really hectic. The older kids were doing a lot of sports and it was just getting really stressful. And when I stopped teaching, the stress level in our family went down so significantly that I never looked back. Mm -hmm. I never even considered doing that again. Um, Because when I found when you got, when you were in school, I was still doing the same things that I did when I had Mary B with me at home. I just was doing them by myself. And I did commit to volunteering only in the schools and in your sports and things that helped you. But I did volunteer a lot with that. Mm -hmm. So I was pretty busy all the time. Now, when Mary B went off to college, 
then I did think, you know, I need to do something. I, I need to. And luckily, as a CPA, you can kind of always get back in if you want to. But that's all another story with a, as to why I didn't get back into it. But that can be for a different we'll podcast. We'll save that for a different pod. <laughs> Keep our listeners yeah, on, on the hook. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Yeah, yes. what, I, what I do now that my kids are all gone. so did you ever struggle with self-esteem or self-worth as a stay-at-home mom and how did you combat this well I think the way I combated that was I just said I know what I'm doing has value Mm -hmm. and so what other people are going to think I can't worry about. I read this great book by Martha Beck called Breaking Point, and it was based on her Harvard PhD dissertation. And basically, the bottom line of that book was our society, this was back in 1990, looks at mothers two ways. If you decide to go back to work, you're a terrible mother because you've stuck your kids in daycare. You're not raising your own kids, quote unquote. That's mm-hmm. not how I feel, but that's how in 1990, that's how society looked at a lot of women that worked. And if you stayed home with your kids, you were a parasite. Mm-hmm. Parasite to society. Maybe. Yes. And so there was no way to win as a mom. Yeah, it's still that way. And so... so yeah, there's, that definitely lingers in the zeitgeist, I would say. So after reading that book, you know, so so basically Martha Beck said, look, why do you care what society thinks? You can't win anyway. There is no way to win society's approval as a mother. So don't even try. So I just very early on, I stopped. I tried very hard to stop worrying about that and just knew in my mind that I had worth, I had value, what I was doing. First of all, I enjoyed doing it. So that helped. Mm -hmm. But I knew that it mattered what I was doing. And your dad was very supportive. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Just to have a partner who re- respects what you're doing and doesn't you're, think yeah. that you're just like lounging all day in your pajamas. Mm-hmm. No, he was, he, he Probably always, he, stay at home. he wanted me to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. But, Which I love. That's good. That's um, how all men should be. But he never made me feel like I was less than an equal partner with him. Mm -hmm. And so that did help me to see myself as an equal partner in our relationship. He never once said I couldn't spend money. He never, you know, he, he never made me feel, and, and that helped, but frankly, I'm responsible for how I view myself. So I, but that it did help that your dad was so supportive. Did you ever have encounters with People that you specifically remember made you feel small for like your choices. Like people you worked with when you left work. Like other women. Do you have any like core memories of that and how you dealt with it? Okay, well, I think that women can be their own worst enemies, totally. at least back in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I have tried really hard never to be like that. And that's why I say, you know, whatever every woman wants to do, I fully support them. If they want to work, that's wonderful. If they want to stay home, that's wonderful. But yes, well, first of all, I remember the day I stopped working in public accounting. One of the other women that I was working with who had three children said, the time that is for me is the time that I work. Mm, That's crazy. And that was not going to work for me. Yeah. So that really helped me realize that I did not want to work full time. Um, But I can remember getting a phone call. We were in our high drive house. I was in the kitchen. The four of you are running around in and out in the backyard, in the house. And I answer the phone and it is a guy that dad and I had gone to undergrad with. And he married a gal that was a friend of mine with that we had also gone to undergrad with and he is a veterinarian and his wife who was a friend of mine is still a friend of mine is a pediatrician and he when I answered the phone he thought I was the nanny 
And I remember stopping and thinking, wow, my life is so much different right now than I thought it was going to be when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're better. You're better. You're better for it. Mm-hmm. Better for it. But the thing is, is hearing you speak, it may have, like, I think I can even speak to this not in a mother sense, but in the sense of, wow, my life is different than I ever thought it was going to be. At certain times, you think you might want something, but it can not be until you get to that point when you really know what you want. And I think that's what I've heard from you is you maybe never thought that this is what you want, but what wanted, but once you got to that point, you knew without a doubt in your mind that you wanted to be home. For that chapter of my life, I wanted to be home. Definitely, I knew it. And I think that I probably taught longer than I should have at Rockers University because the thing I was the most worried about was how you kids would see me. That's so interesting because, and I think any any kid would agree whether your mom worked or stayed at home, we didn't think, I mean, because I, I remember those times, you probably don't remember them, but I never thought you cared about us any less, loved us any less. Like I didn't think, I didn't have any opinion. Like you were just our mom. I didn't think, oh wow, she's this great career person. Or I didn't think, oh wow, we never see her. Like you were just our mom who loved us and cared about us and took and took care of us. And I think that if anything, it was a testament to, okay, she's making a decision for herself to do something that she enjoys and that's important. And so if you really didn't enjoy it, or if you're, if you weren't, if you were in a place in your life where you're not enjoying it, you should just stop, stop doing it. Cause all your kids care about is that you love them and that you're there for them. Exactly. It was, it was not something I should have been worrying about. Yeah. I think also in the other way of like, if you were worried about what we would think of you if you didn't work, I think it was just always so clear to me growing up that mom could go back to work and be successful whenever she wanted to. That was always so clear to me. So I never, I don't think I ever thought any less of you in that way either. Yeah. Which again, even no matter what you do, you're, you're setting in a, you're setting a great example for your kid, no matter what you do, just by loving them and being there for them and supporting, supporting them. I don't mm -hmm. think that anything else matters. I agree. When I decided to stop teaching, I remember our neighbor was, she was in our backyard. Her kids were playing with you. And she said to me, you know, Molly, my mom always stayed home. And she was always so happy. And that is what is, matters, is that your mom is happy. Totally. Yes. So a, do what you need to do to be a happy mom. Yes. And yes. that was such a good piece of advice. Just the effects that the mental health of the mother of children can have on the kids. Like if you're happy, mm-hmm. that really, really affects your yeah, children. Yeah, your kids can feel, can feel your stress, can feel all of that energy so which is scary on the one hand because you're not always going to be happy and stress-free to always to be perfect all the time right but the best that you can do for yourself that's what matters not what society thinks like yeah and and of course like there's there's times like in the beginning of your relationship where you didn't have a choice you had to work to provide Mm -hmm. and that's a completely different situation i think it's I think it's also a blessing to have the choice. Oh my gosh, 100%. And I think that it, I just want to say that because sometimes you don't have to have a choice. Sometimes you do have to, you do have to work and, and just know that just like what we're talking about, your kids don't, your kids just want you to love them. That's all. That's all they care about. Yeah. So true. So what is the best way to keep a sense of self while caring so much for others? Yes, that's our next question from listeners. Yes, because as a nurse, you know, it's, it's hard enough when you're getting paid for it. So, Okay, so you all have heard this before, but you know when you're on the airplane and they say put your own oxygen mask on before assisting those around you? Mm-hmm. You have to remember that as a mom. You have to 
Try to keep a balance in your life so that you are that happy mom. Um, the happiest mom. Yeah, I think the that's, happiest mom. That's right. I was Is that like, the title oh, of the pod? Yeah, title. Um, <laughs> happiest mom. So, you know, it, I think it was easier in a lot of ways back in the 90s than it is now because, again, so many well-educated women stayed home. Mm -hmm. And we had, in the Triangle of Fairway, a great playgroup of moms. We were all trying to seek that balance together. Mm -hmm. We would all, you know, we had, we would get together all the time. And you kids would all play. And, I mean, there were, in that playgroup, there were two nurses. There was an MD. He was a pediatric allergist. There were two women that worked in the hotel industry. There was one with an MBA, and then me, CPA, MBA. We that was our playgroup. So these were well-educated women that had it was interesting conversation. We had so much fun together, and we helped each other. We all supported each other. We did, um, you know, we would go out together, leave the kids with the husbands and Woo! go out together. Mom's it, not out. We did. <laughs> we had, we did a lot of really fun things and we did a lot of fun things with you kids that you all just played together. So that was so fortunate that I lived in a area where there were so many women like me. I mean, that was a game changer for me. I don't know what I would have done without those women. And, you know, Grandmom D always used to say, never forget your girlfriends. And I have hung on. To, I mean, we still get together. It just, those girlfriends have been so important. Even now, at 57 years old, we still get together. It just, having people around you that can support you. But... And that's all just, you got to take care of yourself. And so like, what, what other things did you do outside of that? Like hobbies? I, I mean, I know the answer to this. I'm asking for our listeners, like your needlepoint and baking. And once and again, I just want to point out that this is becoming a podcast about having good girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> again, a common theme. All roads lead back. But I did the things I enjoyed. I mean, I had those hobbies since I was a kid. I loved to play tennis, so I kept playing tennis. I loved to stitch, so I still need a point. I knit. Applesauce, I, jelly. I love to bake. I love to can. I Yeah, I do all that stuff because it's it brings me joy. I love to garden. I do the things that bring me joy. And the things that I don't enjoy doing that are part of my job, I try to minimize. And you know who taught me that was Papa. Mm. He would say, you know, if there's something that is part of your job that you don't really like, pay someone else to do that. Yeah, I think being able to outsource things that you is such a luxury. And I think it can really change your life if you can be able to afford to have a housekeeper come once a month to do a deep clean and things like that. It can really... Or afford to go out to dinner every once in a while like, and not have to cook and clean. Like those things can really help that on, on to our next question which kind yeah. of ties into this but avoiding burnout which you kind of already answered but if you had any additional thoughts on how to avoid burnout as a stay-at-home mom of four crazy kids we were also all really close in age too which was crazy was good and bad yeah just like everything else in the world there's good and there's bad in it yeah. so yeah, um yeah thinking in the yang but i just think don't let anyone ever make you feel guilty for taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. yes. That is very important. There is no prize for being a martyr. Mm -hmm. Just yep. be happy. Do what you have to do to be happy. And that's what your kids want is a happy mom. Yes. Mm -hmm. No no reward for suffering. Right. And no. your husband wants a happy wife. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's how you avoid burnout. That's how you avoid 
anything. I mean, yeah, not just as a mom, yeah, but especially that's how you life burnout. People <laughs> always ask me all the time in nursing, how do you avoid burnout? And it's, you have to spoil yourself on your days off. You have to be doing your self-care. Go, what is important to you? For me, that's a facial, a spray tan, getting my nails done. To someone else, Mary B, that might look completely different. It's probably a walk and reading her book and things like that. So you have to find little, little things that you can do in your day that are completely for you and only you. And that's why you're doing them. And people that love you will support that. Yes, they yeah. should want you to do those and things. If someone isn't supporting you in that, then bye. Yeah. They clearly don't want you to be the happiest girl. Yeah, yeah. so they're not the happiest mom. Yeah. And I was really blessed to have some friends, especially my dear friend Beth, that... Shout out Beth if you listen to the Beth, song. She's a happy girl at home. She has always supported me in finding my own happiness. And you need friends like that. That's how you know, I think, when it's a true friend is when you, when your happiness makes them happy. Exactly. That is a telltale sign. Totally. All right, Ruby. All right. Next question. Yep. This, this is a question from our sister-in-law, Sid. Yeah, Sid. Sid. If you're listening. Sid, if you're listening, we love you. Send us a text. Okay. This can be our test if you actually listen. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer still hasn't texted us. He definitely did that one, <laughs> one podcast. Just as a follow-up for our yeah. listeners. Um, so if you could do anything differently, what would you do? And then if you could specifically in your 20s, but mainly just in general, if you could do You can anything. start with your 20s. Yeah, and start then... with your 20s. We'll do chronological. So if you could do anything in your 20s, what would you do differently? And then just in general. I feel like I already know the answer. I think I already know the answer. Can we guess, Mom? Our guess One, is two, three. Have Don't kids get later. Pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Sid, I love you, and you're married to my first child, so I guess it's a good thing See, I got pregnant yeah, when I did. Exists. Yeah, it's a good thing he exists. Um, I think that um, I wish I would have been more flexible. That's good. That's good. Um, I was really regimented, and I really just am not so regimented now. I, you know, but you got to live a lot of years on this earth to get that perspective, or some of us do. I'm one of the people that I'm a slow learner. I wish I would have realized that even though I wasn't getting a paycheck, I was still working really hard, and I still had value. Mm. Yes. Because if you don't respect yourself and your own life choices, you can't expect anybody else to. Oh my gosh! Chills. Chills. Wow. So and the church of mommy. Uh, oh my god! Hallelujah. <laughs> um, and then the other big thing is, I wish I wouldn't have wished it away so fast. That's mm. something I try because you've said that before, and like I actively try not to do that because it's it's easy when you're in like the thrills of it. You're like. I just want to fast forward through this. Yeah. So that kind of meshes with the idea of having your first baby when you were 25 and we're planning to go get your PhD. So it is, when it's really, really hard, you can sometimes want to wish things away and just, yeah, just get through this stage. Well, every stage is hard, but every stage has incredible joy and value. And it goes by so damn fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, people say that when you're raising kids, the days go by slow, but the years go by fast. And that is true. I mean, you turn around, and those kids are going to kindergarten. And then you turn around again, and they're going to college. And then you turn around again, and they're having their own babies. Your grandma now. It just goes by so quickly and so just enjoy it enjoy every stage and it's gonna be okay all will be well don't worry about it so much just enjoy it yeah and something that you always told me even like from high school into college that I still think about is just take it day by day Mm -hmm. that's all you can do just one foot in front of the other if you're starting to feel overwhelmed just when you wake up the next morning that's a brand new day to start over start over and make the next best choice you know you're not you just keep going forward and you're not going to do it perfectly but just make the next best choice yes yeah so 
What happens when the kids get older? I'm worried I'll get bored as a stay-at-home mom. This is a, this is a listener question, mm. but I can really. Okay, so what happens when the kids get older is they don't have as many physical needs, but they have more emotional needs. <laughs> She's talking about us. <laughs> Specifically, so, Mary. <laughs> so you're still pretty busy. Um, you're not as physically tired, which is good because you're getting older. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you don't have the physical stamina that you had when you were 25. But you, and it's also good because you've gotten a little wisdom and perspective. And so you can, you're more equipped to support those emotional needs. So, and you, you know, you still fill your days with even, I mean, even in high school, when we were in high school and in college and today, you still fill your days with lots of things like you're volunteering, you're in your bridge club, you're doing all sorts of things. So I, I don't, I, it, the days go by so fast now. I just don't even know sometimes what I do all day, but, <laughs> but it's not like I, you're just sitting around bored. I'm having like, the time of my life. So I don't know. Third wife energy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I will say that when you were young, I did worry. I, this was a question I would have asked because yeah. I was obsessed with keeping my CPA license current. I did all the continuing ed, even though we didn't have two nickels to rub together. I would say to your dad, I've got to pay for that continuing ed. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would encourage you to try to keep your, do whatever you have to do to make yourself um, feel at least like your skills are staying fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, you know, there will be a time where you, there might be a time where you want to go back. Yeah. So you want to keep that door open if you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a, our next question is about anxiety around personal earning potential and employable skills. And so I guess like going even deeper into that, since you just answered it about keeping your license fresh, but how did you feel comfortable financially did you ever worry about things like that and like what are steps that you and dad talked about that other couples should talk about maybe before they even have kids about you know what their life is going to look like with children and finances and the possibility of divorce death not that anyone ever thinks about that but like I guess for example like Spencer has we have a a life insurance policies and things like that did you and dad talk about those things when you were younger yes we did talk about all that before we got married we knew uh, there weren't a lot of surprises there except that I thought I wanted to work but dad was always if you want to work work if you don't want to work don't work which was the only answer I wanted to hear out of his mouth so that was good but Definitely, Dad has always had a very um, sizable life insurance policy because I because I wasn't working. And that's important. I think it's important to um, do whatever you have to do to not be stressing about money. I mean, for me, it was keeping my license current. I was lucky that I had parents that I knew I could fall back on. But I'll tell you, I can still remember sitting on the bathroom floor. Tommy was in the tub talking to your Aunt Melissa on the phone, who was also an accountant, and saying to her, I, I, if, if I stop working, I don't know if, how successfully I can get back into this field. I was a tax accountant. Taxes changed so quickly. And I remember her saying, well, you need to to tell Tom that if you quit, he can never expect you to go back. And I was very clear with dad about that because dad was pretty stressed having me work full time. And he was preferring that I work part-time, although he wanted me to do what I wanted to do. But I said to him, if I am going to leave this job, don't ever ask me to ever go back to work. If I am staying home, we, and that sounds so old-fashioned, I know, but that's how I could wrap my head around it. That's how I could make it work, is I said to him, if I walk away from this career that I've worked so hard for to be home with our child, 
don't ever ask me to go back to work because you can't make enough money. You are going to have to do that yeah, part. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm on board. Let's do it. Yeah. And that's how we were able to do it. That That's what worked for us. But I think everybody kind of has to find that balance themselves. And I understand that not everybody has a sister that says, I will always be there for you. I will always help you. Or a mom and dad. Like I, I get that not everybody has that luxury. Yeah. And I think that's such a privilege. And I've made a TikTok on that in the past. And like one of the greatest privileges that I we both have is that we know we will never be out on the street. And I think that is huge in the sense that I think being able to go into professions that we enjoy and that we want to go into and not because we need to, to make money is such a huge blessing because we know, and I know if something ever were to happen to Spencer, I could easily move home and you and dad would, would take care of me until I figured out what I needed to do. And I know even our siblings would help and Mary B would help. So I think I was going to say, I went into my profession for money, but I'm a different, <laughs> I have a different personality. Yeah. But I think that I, I, and I, and I went into nursing cause I knew I would always, I, I enjoyed it first of all, but I knew I'd always be able to find a job mm-hmm. no matter what. And I knew that it has a good work life balance if I did need to work because I really could work all night. I could work Friday night, Saturday, Sunday nights, and then still be with my kids during the week if I had to. So in that sense, I, I did, but I, I'm talking about, I didn't go into a job in finance so I could make a kajillion dollars and like in that sense. Well, I also will say I went to, I think a big reason I wanted to get my master's too is because I wanted a job that I knew that no matter what, I could go do it. Right. So like even I plan to keep my license up because with the job I have now, I don't think it's something that I can just like jump into after like 20 years maybe of not doing it. Like maybe, but I know for a fact that if I ever need to, I can go get a job as a teacher. Yeah. And I think that's a huge motivator for Spencer and I in our financial decisions going forward is whatever happens if our kids get sick. I always want to be able to support them if something goes wrong in their life and they say, we need to come home. Like I always want to be able to provide that same safety net for our kids that I've had because not there's not a lot of people that have that I know a lot of people very very close to me who don't have that and it's it can be very scary and incredibly stressful Mm -hmm. well you girls were so much smarter in creating your careers than I was and I think your generation is so much smarter. You look at it more realistically. My generation, and I've talked about this with a lot of my friends, we were told a big lie. We were told, you can have it all. You can work all day. You can be this amazing mom and still make the cookies and do it all. You can't do it all. You can't do it all at the same time. Yeah. But we were told we could. And then we were made to feel bad when we couldn't. Right. And I'm so glad that the next generation is so much smarter about figuring it all out. Well, I even, well, we're just benefiting off of, you know, what you had to go through and fight for. Like sometimes I forget about all of the women that have gone before me that have made it possible so that I can live the life that I live today. You know, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. And I I think that those are conversations too that you should talk about when you're dating, your expectations for ch- children, one, having children, childcare responsibilities, what's, what is that going to look like, household responsibilities. So do you think that a 50-50 relationship is a real thing where you you and dad were always doing 50-50? No, I don't think that's, I think it, it fluctuates. Sometimes dad gives 90 and I give 10 and sometimes I'm giving... A hundred. He's giving nothing. No. Mom, <laughs> that's just what Michelle Obama said. Yeah. That TikTok. She, oh really? Yeah, she, she, I love Michelle Obama. Well, so Mich- she has this TikTok where like they talk, ask the same question. I think on the the not the voice the the view. the view. Thank you. And she said the same thing. It fluctuates. Like there are years when you're giving seventy, he's giving thirty. There are years when it can like fluctuate back and forth. So. Mm-hmm. Michelle would agree with you. Yeah, and I think dad dad one time gave me the analogy of 
you're like a football team and there can only be one quarterback and mom's the quarterback of our family. But you have to be able to seamlessly take over each other's job if you needed to. Yes, yes. So like if mom left, I mean, obviously that's not always realistic. You know the day, you know the day to day details of our life, but you need to be able to trust your partner to take care of your kids if you're going to be gone. And just like I know dad could trust you to provide if something happened where he couldn't work anymore. So I thought that was a good, he's a sportsman, so it makes sense that that was his analogy. (laughs) His analogy for almost everything is sports. Yes, that is true. (laughs) So I I don't even know how long we've been recording. Well, this will hit us at like... 45 minutes probably okay that's good mom is there anything oh. else you want to discuss well, yeah any anything else about your um, stay-at-home life before we get into babooing yeah and this is for I think our primary demographic is just women who are beginning I think in in that stage that you were at when you were first starting out so if you had any like advice yeah, first time or moms that might be like, leaving the workforce aren't really sure they are going to become stay-at-home yeah. moms like what would like what advice do you think maybe we said this already but would you have given yourself at this stage and then you could give to to those mothers out there who are at that stage or people like me who are not even close to that stage yeah, but single. you know hopefully will one day have to make that decision my biggest piece of advice would be to be gentle with yourself. Mm-hmm. This is hard. It and is hard, yeah. With the church of mom. We're all just doing our best. And just, you know, love yourself and love your family and enjoy each day the, as best you can. And just be gentle with yourself. And... Um, Surround yourself with friends that love you and support you. That, to me, was what saved my life. Mm -hmm. Any other closing thoughts that you want to add before we babu? I just want to reiterate that whatever you decide to do, whether it is full-time working, full-time home, part-time working, part-time home, Maybe you work full-time for a couple years, and then you stay home full-time. Whatever you fashion for yourself and your family, that is your choice. And don't you don't have to explain it to anyone. Just own it and be proud of who you are and what you're doing, and you have my support. I just want every woman to be happy and, again... That's just, it all comes back to that. Be a girl. Be a happy mom. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of societal pressure that women feel and pressure from other people who might not have the choice. And you just have to remember that you are the one who has to live your life. None of the, no one else has to live your life. Your mother-in-law doesn't have to live your life. Your husband doesn't have to live your life. The person that you used to work with doesn't have to live your life. You're the one who has to live your life. So make those decisions based on how you want your life to be and your happiness level to be. And you never want to look back on your life and think, oh, I made all my decisions for someone else. No. Yeah. Be the author of your own life. I'm yeah. going to put like a timestamp on this and be like, for a pep talk from my mom, go to this <laughs> motivational speech. <laughs> so, okay. So and Sydney and Hannah, you guys are amazing moms. Yes. And so is my daughter, Kate. She's Thanks. an amazing mom. Thanks. Um, okay, so you know you know what babu is. Mm-hmm. So what are what are things that you you do in like your daily life? Do you have a routine that you do that keeps the the best version of yourself? Like you know you work out with Nadine a couple times a week to keep your strength up. Yeah. I do a lot of strength training. I get out in the sun, in the fresh air, and I mm-hmm. walk. I spend a lot of time with my friends. I talk to my sisters and my friends a lot. I need that connection. It's just what I need. I do a lot of journaling. That helps me to have agency over my life and keep my life running in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I try to be really mindful about what I do that brings me joy and keep doing those things. Good. So what that. is something this, this week that you want to implement to be a better you? 
could be something small, something um, you want to drink more water. It could be anything. I do want to drink more water for <laughs> for sure. Always try Always. to drink more water. Yeah. It's a constant struggle. Yeah. yeah. We're all chronically dehydrated. All right. Well, next time we do Love our it. pod, we're going to ask how you're, <laughs> how you're doing. And I will say on that note, I'll never forget. I was in a soul cycle class. It was COVID. So we were riding church. Tribeca, Tribeca rooftop with Jadis, who now lives in Atlanta. And he was just a really great instructor. But he said, as long as you have breath in your lungs, you have a chance to do better. And that's a quote that I love. Oh, that's awesome. So true. Anyway, but, Mom, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. This was such yes. a joy. It's it my pleasure. Was it as scary as you thought it yeah. was? No, it was not stressful at all. I thought it was going to be, but it wasn't. stressed about it. No. And great. You're natural. I just, I didn't natural. want to sound preachy because you know what? I don't have any answers. <laughs> I don't. None of us do. Of us I don't do. know what I'm doing. All we can do, do is speak to what we've learned in yes. our own yes. lives. Yes. I'm just <laughs> trying to make the next best decision. Yeah. I'm just trying to make the next best decision. Is, I really don't know much. This is, I think, what the scientists called anecdotal evidence. Yes. It's all we have <laughs> yes. to our name. So we hope you enjoy. Yes. This is not a, a, not a randomized controlled trial. No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Worth what you're paying for it. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Free ninety nine, baby. <laughs> My favorite price. Free ninety nine. <laughs> All, All right. right. Bye. All right. It's present Mary B back with present Kate. How you doing, present Kate? I'm doing great. Ready to do my baboos? <laughs> we hope you enjoyed that little interview with our mom. Um, and now, Kate. Tell me about your Babu journey of last week and what's in in store for you this week. So my Babu last week was not to buy coffee and I'm happy to report that I literally did not buy coffee at all until yesterday and it was because like Spencer and I went on a walk with Dictator in the morning because we both woke up early. So success, I did not buy coffee all week. I did order milk bar about a hundred times, which was more expensive. You know, baby steps. Yes, baby steps. That's going to be, honestly, that's going to be my bad boo for this week. Because if you follow me on Instagram, you know I have an obsession with the milk bar Build-A-Pint. My goal is to not order it once this week. And I also do think that artificial sweeteners are probably contributing to my headache in, a, in some way too. Oh, like yeah. my diet and maybe, maybe dairy too, like the sugar in the dairy. So... Though, we'll see. Though I learned something from our doctor brother recently that to absorb the electrolytes that are in Gatorade or any sort of electrolyte heavy supplement, whatever, you need sugar in your stomach. Mm. So sugar is not all bad. Mm. But in qu- in greatest quantities, as in the milk bar pint. Yeah, I know. My sure. sugar can just be from maybe some berries, some Celsius. What else has sugar in it? Honey? So, um, I don't know. Chocolate. We'll let, chocolate. I'll, I'll let you guys know how I do. Next pod. I believe pod. in you. What's, what was your babu? My babu was to set up an official budget. And, oh, yeah. you know, I got one step towards that. I did download it. And I downloaded... Mint. I did... I downloaded Mint. But, okay. A little something about me is I have a really difficult time keeping track of my passwords. <laughs> And like I'm, ha- you have to connect your bank account and credit card information to Mint. Did derail me a little bit, but I am still going to be setting up official budget on my app. Though I am, I mean, I have been, I think, really good about not having those little expenses since our last pod. Like it has really had a profound effect on me. So shout wow. out to Dad. I have been a lot more conscious about little spending, and it makes me feel much more fiscally responsible. So, you know, maybe I'm headed towards a G-Wagon, though I think what I really want is the new Bronco, but... Mm. um, I want a Volvo XC90, all souped with all the VXLs. Loaded, as Dad would say. Loaded. Anywho, thank you all for listening to this episode. Wait, oh, my babu. My babu for next week. Okay. Oh, also, I have done yoga twice this week, so I'm, I'm just going to maybe transfer that last baby into this week. Love it. Um, so, very happy about that. Let's see. My babu for this week, you know, I think I'm going to just, like, transfer last week's babu to this week's babu because really I really need to set it up. I hope this doesn't become a trend that I'm, like, 
you know, one week behind in my baboos, but I'm just here to represent the ladies who don't always get their baboos done. It's okay. There's always next week. Yeah, um, of course. So we hope that you guys are, you know, living your best lives. You don't quit your job just because you have one bad day or one bad week. So true. And this would be two bad weeks for me, but you also don't quit your job for two bad weeks, yeah. you know? So, and that's okay. So just thank you for supporting me. Yes. Um, but anyway, we will be back next week and next week we will also do our shout outs, um, cause we got to get that done this month and so excited to shout you all out. Please be sure to write in your accomplishments at happiest girls in NYC at gmail.com. Can't wait to hear from you and Monday reset, baby. Let's go.